Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Well, thank you again for connecting with me and connecting with your church family here at Life Changers. And I just want to pray for you. I pray for abundance in your life. I pray for supernatural success in your life, supernatural blessing. I speak blessing over you. I speak healing over you. I speak wisdom over you. I speak favor over you. The favor of God surrounds the righteous like a shield. I just declare increase over your life, increase of love, increase of wisdom, increase of finances, increase of ideas, increase of peace, increase of joy increase of discovering God's purpose and the next season of your life in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I'm really uh, I'm really thankful for the opportunity that we get to be together and for every opportunity we get to be together. I thank my God always in my every remembrance of you, Paul said, knowing that he who began a good work in you will fulfill it and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I'm believing that God who started a good work in you, he's faithful to finish it and he is working all the while at will and work in us to bring about his good purpose for our lives. All things work together for good for those that love him and called according to his purpose. You you're a lover of God. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're not a lover of God. You are a lover of God. You love him because he first loved you. And you are called according to his purpose and all things are working together for your good. Life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Whatever looks bad, it's working for you to your advantage. It's going to turn out all right. Everything is going to be all right. And I want to particularly get into this teaching today and pick up where I left off last Sunday when we were together. And today I want to talk to you about the miracles, three miracles, actually, of intimacy with Jesus, three miracles of intimacy with Jesus. And it kind of picks up off of where I started last Sunday on being noticed and desired by God, being noticed and desired by God. There's something really miraculous about having intimacy with Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. There's something very powerful about this that Jesus talks about even in Mark, Chapter four, verse thirty three. And I want to point you to a scripture that may seem obscure and unrelated to the topic. But you'll see what I mean as we go through this verse in a couple versions. It says, and with many such parables, Jesus spoke to them as they were able to hear it in verse 33 In verse 44, he says, but without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. That right there is what I want to focus on and double click on, if you will. It says when they were alone, he explained all things to his to his disciples. And I love what it says in the message Bible there. It says in verse 34, He was never without a story when he spoke. But when he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, untying the knots. Notice what he says there when he was alone with his disciples. 
See, this intimacy with Jesus is being alone with him. He wants to be alone with us as his church family, and he wants to be alone with you as his disciple. It says when he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything. See, he told them stories that everybody heard. But with them, when they were alone with him, when we get alone with God, he's going to go over everything. He's going to sort out the tangles. He's going to untie the knots. Anybody need some things? Anybody have some things in your life where you need Jesus to go over everything with you? You need Jesus to sort out the tangles. You need Jesus to untie the knots. Well, he does that when he's alone with his disciples. Everybody else hears the word of God. Everybody else hears the parable. Everybody else hears the story. But when he was alone with his disciples, when he was alone with his disciples, when he was alone with his disciples, even right now, this could be a time where you and me are alone with Jesus. We're his disciples that he's alone with as a church family. We're his disciples that he's alone with. And as an individual, you're his disciple and he's alone with you. And when he was alone with them, three things happened. He went over everything. He sorted out the tangles and he untied the knots. Boy, I don't know about you, but I'm glad for those earbuds or earbuds that are cordless, wireless now, because whenever I had the wires, they always got tangled. Right. And we always had to untie the knots and to whether that's your your shoes or your headphones. It's really awesome that Jesus himself is going to sort out the tangles and untie the knots. What a beautiful passage of scripture. And I want to show you those are three things that Jesus does when we're alone with him. And it's not quite what I wanted to get to just that. That's my introduction into the three miracles of intimacy with Jesus that I want to get to in Luke chapter 19. But those are three miracles, too, that he uh, he goes over everything with us. He sorts out all the tangles with us and he unties all the knots with us. But that's my introduction, because that's the result of being alone with Jesus. Boy, loneliness is not the curse that so many people have thought it was. Loneliness is not the curse that so many people fear. Loneliness is not the curse that so many people are worried about and hope they never have to face or wonder if they'll ever be free from that lonely feeling that they have or the loneliness that they have in their life. And really, loneliness to me is a signal to draw closer to God's presence, that he's always with us, but to be more aware of his presence and that God wants to do something in my life as a result of being closer with him. He wants to talk to me a little more intimately. He wants to reveal some things to me that he might not be able to reveal when I'm when I'm busy with other relationships and other interests and other things that are going on in my life. And so loneliness could be a real invitation for us. It could be a real blessing to us if we use it to tune in to what Jesus has to say to us and tune in to the heartbeat of our savior. You know, in Luke chapter 19, last week we went over this beautiful story of Jesus seeing Zacchaeus in the tree that Zacchaeus had climbed up in. He was short and he had to get get up on ahead and 
and go up into the tree so he could see Jesus. And it says in verse four that he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was going to pass that way. And verse five says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. The New American Standard translation says Zacchaeus, hurry. Many translations make haste or hurry, hurry and come down for today. I must stay at your house. You know, I we talked a little bit about this verse last week, but I that word hurry, that word make haste. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that I've ever seen Jesus tell us to be in a hurry about except this. He doesn't tell us to be in a hurry to 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 grow our seeds. He says it takes time. He doesn't tell us that he's in a hurry uh, in our lives. It says God is patient with us. The Bible doesn't say that you're going to see everything become beautiful in a hurry. He says everything's going to become beautiful over time. So throughout Scripture, we see this principle of time and patience and seed time and harvest and the process, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Throughout Scripture, we see this this process and this this slow movement transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly. It's a slow movement. But here in this passage, there's one thing that Jesus says that he wants us to be in a hurry about. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down from that tree for today. I must stay at your house today. There's an urgency that Jesus has about spending time with you. There's an urgency that Jesus has about coming over to your house. There's an urgency that Jesus has. He's in a hurry. He wants us to be in a hurry to spend time with him, be in a hurry to be alone with him, be in a hurry to listen to him, be in a hurry to sit at his feet, be in a hurry to get into his word, be in a hurry to talk to him in prayer, be in a hurry to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in tongues and speak mysteries to God, be in a hurry to commune with him, be in a hurry to spend time with him. Everything else in the Bible is slow down and take your time and God God is a God of planning and process and things are happening behind the scenes that we don't know. But here we have the one place where God is like, hurry up, Jesus, like hurry up. Why? Because he's so interested and so excited and so passionate about spending time with you, so passionate about coming to your house, so passionate about staying with you, so passionate about you coming and connecting with him. Wow, what a beautiful savior. I um, I love what it says in verse five. Jesus notices Zacchaeus. He noticed him. He looks at him. He recognizes him. He speaks to him. He desires him. He comes to him and he stays with him. You know, this is exactly how Jesus feels about you. He notices you. I love that. He notices you. He looks at you. Don't you love that? He's looking at you. He speaks to you. I love that he speaks to us. He recognizes you by your own name. He stays with you. He desires you. He comes to you. He stays with you. He notices you. He sees you. He speaks to you. Listen to his voice right now. Why don't we take a moment and just listen? What's God speaking to you in this quiet moment? Is he saying, I love you? 
because he sure does. Is he saying everything's going to be all right? Because it sure is. Is he saying he's working behind the scenes and all things work together for your good? Because it is happening and he is doing that. Listen for his peace. Listen for his whisper. Listen for his voice. His voice isn't in the thunder, the loud, the big, the obvious. It's in the still small voice, a whisper of peace, a whisper of it's going to be okay, a whisper of I'm with you, a whisper of I'll never leave you or forsake you. I love that Jesus noticed him. I love that Jesus looks at him. I know I love that Jesus recognizes him. I love that Jesus speaks to him, desires him, comes to him and stays with him. And I love that he notices you, that he looks at you, that he speaks to you, that he recognizes you, that he desires you, that he comes to you and that he stays with you. And I want you to see what happens, the miracles that take place when Zacchaeus embraces this intimate invitation, this invitation to this miracle of intimacy with Jesus. We see what happens in verse six. So he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. He made haste. He came down and he received him joyfully. There's three miracles that happen. If you go to verse eight, it goes on to say then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of all my goods to the poor, all my wealth to the poor. I'm given half of it. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Now, in these two passages of Scripture, Luke chapter 19, verse six and Luke chapter 19, verse eight, there are three miracle, three miracles that happen as a result of Zacchaeus accepting this invitation to intimacy with Jesus. The first thing that happens is it changes his relationship with himself. Jesus intimacy with Zacchaeus, it changes Zacchaeus's relationship with himself. For in verse six of this verse, it says, so he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. Another translation says he received him happily. Another translation says and he received him with gladness. There was gladness in Zacchaeus's life now. Remember, up until this point, he's a tax collector. It's a miserable job. He had a lot of money, but he had no peace. He had a lot of money, but he had no joy. He had a lot of money, but he had no happiness because money can't guarantee that you could have money and still be happy. But happiness doesn't come from money. And in his case, he had a lot of it so much that he was able to give half of it away or was willing to give half of it away. And we'll get to that in a moment, too. But it says he came down and he received him joyfully. So intimacy with Jesus changed Zacchaeus's relationship with himself. In other words, you're never going to be able to have a healthy, positive relationship with somebody else until you are happy and healthy in your relationship with yourself. It simply means to be able to be cheerful and joyful and happy and content because now I'm 
I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm I'm closer to him. That makes me happy. He wants to be close to me. He notices me. He looks at me. He speaks to me. He desires me. He recognizes me. He wants me. He stays with me. He comes to me. These are all the things that make us happy in our own relationship with God and in our relationship with ourself. There's so much joy now that he has. He receives him joyfully. I love what it says in Scripture in Psalm 144, verse 15. I'll read this to you. It says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people who are in such a state in Psalm 144, verse 15 in the New King James Bible. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people who are in such such a state. What state are they in? They're in a state of intimacy with Jesus. Happy are those people. You know, I used to think that certain things would make me happy. Success in ministry, success in family, success in business, success in finances. And I found that although there's nothing wrong with any of those things. God wants us to have success in all those areas of life, but none of those things can bring the happiness that. Intimacy with Jesus brings and and how simple is it to have intimacy with Jesus? I'll show you in a moment, a couple moments. But first, the three miracles. So the first miracle of intimacy with Jesus is it changed Zacchaeus's relationship with himself. He's happy now. It changes his emotions. It makes it puts him in a state of mind that is joyful and content and at peace with God and with himself. And now he's ready to be at peace with others because the second miracle of this intimacy with Jesus is that it changes his relationship with others. First, it changes his relationship with himself. Second, it changes his relationship with others. Notice what he says at the end of verse eight. He says, Lord, the second half of verse eight, and then we'll get to the first half of it. But he said, Lord, if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I think the New International Version says if I've cheated anyone or the living trans new living translation, if I've cheated anyone of anything, I'm paying them back four times what I took from them. If I've wronged anybody, if I've cheated anybody, notice now this is this intimacy with Jesus has changed Zacchaeus's relationship with others. He's no longer taking advantage of other people. Now he wants to be a blessing to other people. He's no longer seeing people as disposable and seeing people as as the source of his revenue. And then he's dismissive of them. No longer does he see people that way. Now he sees people that they deserve to be treated fairly. They they deserve to be treated honestly. They deserve to be treated respectfully. Now he sees people differently. Why? Because this intimacy with Jesus has changed Zacchaeus's relationship with himself. And now it's changed his relationship with others. He's not taking advantage of others anymore. You know, the surest way to be unhappy is to use people and take advantage of people. And one of the surest ways of being the surest, one of the surest ways to be unhappy is taking advantage of people and using people. But one of the surest ways of being happy is by adding value to people. If we take advantage of people, we're going to be miserable in the end. We're going to be unhappy in the end. We're going to lose in the end if we take advantage of people. But if we add value to people, 
We're going to be happy in the end. We're going to have healthy relationships in the end. We're going to have rewarding relationships. Notice he said, if I've wronged anyone, whoever I've wronged, whoever I've cheated, whoever I've had a false accusation of from anyone, if I've taken anything from anyone wrongly, I will restore them fourfold. This is a man who has changed miraculously in his relationship with people. Boy, I wish we could see that like the man who was asked Jesus to heal him. The friends asked him, take heal him, please have mercy on him. And Jesus touched him once, remember, and he saw men like trees walking. And then Jesus touched him again. And then he saw all things plainly as his sight was fully restored. He saw all things as they were meant to be. First, he saw men like trees walking. And then Jesus touched him a second time and he saw all things plainly and everything was restored to his sight. And the reason that I share that is because it's interesting that when he saw men like trees walking, that's like we that we are. Sometimes we see people as something to be chopped down, trees walking. We see people as something to be uh, cut up. We see we see people as something to be used to make us warm. We can take a tree, we can build a house with it. We can take a tree, we can make fire logs with it. We can take a tree and we can burn it and create warmth. And that's how we sometimes have been towards other people. We see them as something useful to us rather than seeing all things the way God sees them. We should never look at people as a tree, looking at people as a source of provision for us. We should always be looking to God as our source. God is our provision. And so Zacchaeus in this case sees people the way they deserve to be seen. You know what? They don't deserve to be taken advantage of. They don't deserve to be stolen from. They don't deserve to be to be abused in that way. I'm going to pay them back, Lord, four times whatever I took from them. What a beautiful miracle that you could see people differently the way God sees them, that you could see people unselfishly, see people through the eyes of generosity rather than through the eyes of of trying to get something from them. So this intimacy with Jesus produces this miracle and causes Zacchaeus to change. It changes Zacchaeus's relationship with himself. Then it changes Zacchaeus's relationship with people. And it changes Zacchaeus's relationship with money and possessions. Zacchaeus says at the beginning of verse eight, Lord, look, Lord, I give half of everything that I have to the poor. I give half of everything that I have to the poor. You know, this is a this is a miraculous moment in this man's life as well. Remember, as a tax collector, he was always taking for himself. He was never concerned about the poor. He was never concerned about sharing. He was never concerned about what other people were going through. But now what's happened to this man as a result of intimacy with Jesus? It's changed his relationship with money. You know, we all have a relationship with money. For some of us, our relationship with money may be unhealthy. For some of us, our relationship with money may be healthy. For some of us, our relationship with money may be healing in a process of healing. Right. And I think that we all need to allow that process to take place where our relationship with money improves. 
We have a mixed up relationship with money when we depend on it too much. We have a mixed up relationship with money. We have a we have a dysfunctional relationship with money when we're always running out. We have a dysfunctional relationship with money when whatever we have is never enough. We have a dysfunctional relationship with money when we use it to try to get people to do things for us. or We use it to try to become happy. We have a dysfunctional relationship with money. But notice that even though Zacchaeus started out with a dysfunctional relationship with money, he now has a healthy relationship with money. And how what is the sign of health in his relationship with money? Generosity, the greatest sign of health in our financial relationship is generosity, the greatest proof that we are healthy with our finances and healthy in our relationship with money is that we're generous. We can give it and we can let it go and we can plant it and we can share it and we can sow it and we can lend it and we can freely give because we've freely received. And for this man to get to a place where he was always taking advantage of people to the place where he's willing to give 50 percent of everything he has to the poor. See, he doesn't need to argue with God about whether he should tithe or not. Oh, is the tithe? Should the tithe be the gross or should the tithe be net or does it really have to be 10 percent? And why does God really want my 10 percent anyway? Does it really matter? Is it new covenant? Is it old covenant? Is it really for me today? See, all of that, all those questions and all that speculation and all that skepticism, it disappears when you're intimate with Jesus because it causes you. It changes your relationship with money and you're no longer in fear of losing it. But now you're in faith in giving it and being generous with it. And I want to encourage you to ask God for these three miracles to happen. And really, these three miracles happen because of Zacchaeus's intimacy with Jesus. And Zacchaeus wasn't the one who initiated the intimacy with Jesus. Jesus initiated it. He said, I want to come over to your house. I want to spend time with you. I want to stay with you. And Jesus is initiating that same invitation to you right now to have that intimate relationship with him, to be close with him, to talk with him, to listen to him. It's really simple. I'll share in a moment how simple it is to create this intimacy or to embrace and accept this invitation of intimacy with Jesus. But I want you to see once again, three miracles, the intimacy that Zacchaeus accepts and embraces from Jesus. It changes his relationship with himself. It changes his relationship with others and it changes his relationship with money. And that to me is a good day. That to me is a great day to have any three, any of those three miracles, but to have all three of them. What a beautiful transformation that's taken place in this man's life, in Zacchaeus's life. And what a beautiful transformation that it can take place in your life as well. And how do we do that? How practically can we see this intimacy with Jesus occur in our lives? Well, from the looks of things to me in John, chapter 13, verse 23, we have our answer. It says now there was leaning on Jesus bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved and Simon Peter therefore mentioned to him. And it was John, as we know, to ask who it was that was going to betray Jesus. They were at the Last Supper and notice that John's the one in verse 25. It says leaning back on Jesus bosom, leaning back on Jesus breast, He says to him, Lord, who is it? And I love what verse 26 says aside. Put aside the topic here for a moment. 
that it's Judas and and he's going to betray the Lord. Put aside that and just notice these first two words of verse 26. Jesus answered. Jesus answered. Boy, is anybody in a place of life right now and has a question of your life right now and you need Jesus to answer because the Bible says Jesus answered. Boy, I prophesy over you. Jesus is going to answer. You're going to find out Jesus answer to the question in your life. Whatever a question mark is in your life, Jesus answered. Jesus answered. Jesus answered. And he's going to answer you. And notice how simple it was. If I could look at if I could show it to you this way. Three simple ways to have intimacy with Jesus, lean in to whatever his heart beats with, lean in to whatever his heart beats with. Number two, let him know you want to know him deeper. Let him know, lean in to what makes his heart beat and let him know that you want to know him deeper. John let Jesus know first John was leaning in to the heartbeat of Jesus. His head is on Jesus bosom. That's where the heartbeat is. So first John leans in and he goes for what Jesus heartbeats, whatever God's heart beats with is what our heart should beat with. And then John specifically asks him. So let him know that you want to know him deeper. John says, Jesus, who is it that's going to betray you? We have to be bold to ask Jesus for things that nobody else knows, for things that nobody else has ever heard before, for things that nobody might have the answer for. You know, this was the first time Jesus answers this question. This is the first man that finds out who is going to betray the Lord. It's because John was willing to ask the questions nobody else was asking. John was willing to to go deeper with Jesus and he was willing to ask him to go deeper with him. Lord, trust me with the answer for how to you know, what's the next uh, what's the next Instagram invention? What's the next Apple invention? What's the like God could give you answers in business or answers in life that nobody else has ever asked him before. If you're willing to ask him for a deeper relationship with him, that's what John asks for. And Jesus answered and Jesus answered and Jesus answered. So my third suggestion and and recommendation for how to have this intimacy with Jesus, expect answers, expect him to answer you, expect him to speak to you. Listen for what he's going to tell you. Listen. Sometimes our we're hearing so many voices and we need to silence all the other voices and just tune in to what Jesus is telling us. So three miracles of intimacy with Jesus. Number one, it changes our relationship with ourself. Number two, it changes our relationship with others. And number three, it changes our relationship with money. It causes us to become truly generous people, outrageously generous for that matter. And three ways that we can 
cultivate this intimacy with Jesus. First, lean into him like go for what his heart. Listen for what his heart beats with. Secondly, let him know you want to know him deeper. And thirdly, expect him to answer and expect him to listen. And when it comes to as I close today with you, when it comes to what God's heart beats with, what Jesus hearts beat, what Jesus heart beats with. Recently, God spoke to me as recent as I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago, we were in the middle of our heart for the house initiative where we were describing all the things that God is doing through this church and ministry and thanking everybody, thanking you for your partnership and your membership and your generosity towards that. And it was then in that season, God spoke to me, I want you to do more for the poor. I want you to do more for the poor. And I think it's because I was leaning in for what God was speaking to me for the remainder of this year and into the new year. What's God? What are you saying to me? What's on your heart? What does your heart beat with? God's heart beats for three things, in my opinion. Number one is heart beats for you. And number two, his heart beats for souls. And number three, his heart beats for his church and his heart beats for people and the hurting and the suffering really is a part of souls is God. God's heart beats for the poor. God's heart beats for people that need Jesus and need to see Jesus and feel Jesus in practical ways. And so as we close today, I want to invite you to to like sow a seed into your intimate relationship with Jesus. Sow a seed like Jesus, I want to go deeper, so I'm going to dig deeper and give a little bit more. I'm going to give a little bit deeper because I want to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to sow a little bit deeper because I want to go a little bit deeper. And I want to invite you to do that because this is this to me is something that God's heart beats with and beats for is the poor, the hurting, the suffering, the less fortunate. You know, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17, it says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Whoever is generous to the poor and God's speaking to me to be more generous to the poor. And I want you to come along with me because that's the heartbeat of God. When we are generous to the poor, we are lending to the Lord. So we're going to receive a special offering in this moment. And I want to ask you to be generous for the poor. None of this is going to go to our regular bills or the things that we do as a ministry. All of this is going to the poor. All of this is going to go to the truly hurting people and people that are truly suffering because God's heartbeat is for you and God's heartbeat is for souls and poor souls and lost souls and hungry children and orphans and widows and the the poorest of the poor. Jesus said, when you do this to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So could you take a moment and I want to pray for you and I want to pray that we'll hear the heartbeat of God in this moment and we'll hear the heartbeat of God in these coming days, weeks, months and in the new year and that we'll truly respond with intimacy with Jesus, intimacy that changes our relationship with ourselves, changes our relationship with others and changes our relationship with money. Let's be generous with it. Let's go for the heartbeat of God 
the poor, the hurting, the suffering. Do your best right now. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you that everybody who's sowing right now in this special offering for the poor in this special moment, I pray, Lord, that you would enlarge our hearts to take in what your heart beats for, what your heart beats with. What is your heartbeat for, Lord? It's for souls. It's for the lost. It's for the poor. It's for the hurting. We want to do this to the least of these, Lord, because we want to do it unto you. Speak to us, Lord. Give us the joy of generosity. Give us the gift of generosity. Give us the seed to sow. Give us the heart to truly welcome you deeper and further into our soul in Jesus name. Amen. We'll make your best gift, please. And thank you so much in advance. I can't thank you enough. And I I wanted to put that out there because God put it in my heart that we're going to do more for the poor than we've ever done before. And that's the heartbeat of God. We're going to reach more souls than we've ever reached before. We're going to do more for the poor than we've ever done before, because we're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Well, you might be watching right now as well, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord. That's the greatest blessing of all. The greatest gift of all is the gift of salvation. And the most important decision of all is the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord. There's no greater decision than that. There's nothing more important than that. Your destiny forever in heaven or in hell based on accepting Jesus or rejecting him. I'm going with accepting him and I want you to accept him as well. In fact, if you never have pray this with me out loud, just pray this Heavenly Father, just open up your heart, open up your mouth and say that Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my savior and Lord. I believe just say that I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I am a child of God in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I celebrate you. I congratulate you. I'm so happy for you and so proud of you. And there's a a little link on your screen or in the comment box, wherever you're watching. And would you click that on and take advantage of that? You'll receive a download of my free book. The power of a new life is the next steps in our relationship with God. And it's absolutely free. Take advantage of that. You can download it anywhere in the world. And let me know that you prayed that prayer today. Let me know that that you're excited about the miracles of our intimacy with Jesus as well. You'll never be the same. These are miraculous, life changing truths. If you just accept it, if you just embrace it, your life will get better and better and better. I can't wait to help you do that. And I can't wait to get better with you because we're better together. I can't wait to see you at our next service. Until then, God bless you. Hope you had an amazing holiday Thanksgiving. And I can't wait to our next service and our next time together. God bless.